What do you do about the loud music next door? Can replacement windows help? Are you stuck on stucco repair? And what's the difference between your house settling and problematic foundation movement? All that and more coming up on the super podcast of Texas Home Improvement. Here's Jim Dutton. Tim N. Crawley, how can I help you today? Hi there, Jim. Uh, love your show. Um, I have a couple of questions for you. First off, we got some replacement windows a little while ago, and we're having some issues with some noise on them. So we are about 600 feet away from kind of an entertainment venue that does like wedding receptions and they play a lot of loud music. Um, And the low frequency bass comes through the windows really well. And it's unfortunate because they play music until 1 a.m. sometimes. And so I'm trying, I'm curious to know if that sounds like a normal thing for replacement windows or if we got a bad batch or, or what the deal is with that. Well, that, that's not really a, a replacement window issue. You had that issue before the replacement windows, didn't you? We did, but we got um, offset glass and tried to make them a little more sound resistant. Um, right. And so. Okay. Uh, and replacement windows do help a lot with sound uh, from outside. But when you start getting that deep bass, uh, I would imagine that's kind of just reverberating right through both uh, plates of glass. Uh, right. Now, as, as far as something you could do to help with it, they make a magnetic... Uh, cover that goes on the inside and it's actually made for energy efficiency but it does a remarkable job of killing sound as well and what that would do is put one more dead air space between the glass and your living space and I think that would probably help but as far as some magic trick that's going to kill that bass coming through um, there isn't one okay that was unfortunate, but that's that's the way it is, I guess. Um, yeah. And then I had that with that covering that I'm talking about. Uh, it used to go under the name Magnetite. Okay, that's helpful. Um, and then I had one other question about sure. a back porch. So we recently uh, we had a covered back porch that was under the roof line, and we recently enclosed that. And I have to say thank you because I checked and made sure that there was a beam around there before I enclosed it and made it part of the structure. And, and it was, and it was, it was great. So, but now we don't have a back porch anymore. Ah. And so I'm thinking about pouring, um, you know, like a 16 by 20 pad and, and adding a covering there. And my question, my first question is about, attaching that covering to the roof. I know some back porches tie into the roof, and I'm just right. curious your thoughts on that. I tip, Personally, I typically like them to tie into the roof. Okay. Uh, because it, it, why not? I mean, it's, it's all structural. I want the water to come off the roof straight down and off that cover as well. And if you don't tie it onto the roof, then you're dependent on a gutter to capture all the water and stuff. And it it just creates more leakage issues to, to me. 
Now, some people keep them separated depending on how they're building it. Uh, but since you're going to be building from scratch this way, uh, you can have your patio tied in uh, so that it, it's kind of all acting as one unit, and th there's absolutely no reason not to tie it into the roof then. Okay, that's helpful. And then on the concrete pad itself, yep. so our right off the what used to be the back porch now is, is a little bit sloped, and it probably over the course of the 16 or so feet we want to go out, I mean, it probably drops six to 12 inches, something like that. Okay. And then, and then we also have a drip line that goes along the foundation there. Okay. And so my question is kind of how, how do I go about putting this pad on with the drip line and the, the elevation drop? Cut the drip line, and you're going to have it go around that new patio just like it's part of the house foundation. Because okay. the concrete will act as a natural moisture barrier and, and keep the moisture in between, you know, the, the section where you're taking it out. But, uh, yeah, you'll have to add a, a little section to get all the way around the patio, but that's no big deal. Uh, as far as the drop in elevation, that's not a problem. Uh, when you set your forms, you basically just set them all the way down. Uh, you know, set your form level the way you want it. Take it down to the undisturbed soil and dig down into that soil at least six inches and that's basically going to give you a little grade beam out there that will make that patio a little more rigid and you know if you'll make that section at least 10 inches wide that little footing beam that you're putting in should the mm -hmm. thing ever move it's actually repairable then okay great well <clears throat> that that's helpful i mean call you guys up and have you guys come out and do it then at some point when I'm ready to do that. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate that's what it. I needed. Appreciate you your take show. Care. Thank you, sir. And uh, when he says he'll call us up, uh, you know, I'm the owner, one of the owners of Do West, me and my brother own it. And uh, we do foundation repair, plumbing, have air conditioning company. Uh, we do concrete work. We keep a lot of people busy with all these different divisions, but every division is run by a master plumber, uh, an HVAC uh, licensed HVAC tech. In fact, the person who runs ours is not only uh, do we have license, but we have an engineer, mechanical engineer, who runs our HVAC department. So, uh, you know, we cover all the bases to make sure that you're getting exactly what you need to do the job right. Let's head out to Rockwall, Texas. Jim, how are you today? Good afternoon, sir. Long-time listener. Do you all have anything to do or have any dealings with stucco contractors to do stucco repairs? I don't Walls. really. I mean, I've done, uh, I've used stucco on a few places that I've redone, but I actually never in the Dallas area. I have in the Houston area a couple times. Uh, the contractors are getting harder and harder to find that actually do true stucco. Everybody wants to do EFIS nowadays. Yeah. What the, what the problem is, at our church, we have a approximately two-story steeple. It's kind of like a square box. It's not the regular steeple like you think of in a conventional church. Uh -huh. Several months ago when we had a real bad windstorm out there, some object hit the top of it 
or on the side of the wall below the metal roof, punched a big hole in it. Uh, one of the members' son took his drone and took some pretty pictures for me and everything. And I've been having trouble finding contractors that want to work on that. They do stucco work, but they, you know, I, 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 not, I don't hear back from them. Yeah, and I can tell you why. Uh, one, the height that's going to be up there is going to be an issue, so it's going to require tons of scaffolding and stuff probably. Well, uh, what I was going to do is use, like I've talked to several safety guys, they say that that requires a lift, a man lift, to go up there with a bucket. Uh, the reason you can't use scaffolding is because the side you need to get to, there's a metal roof that slopes down there. So they said the only safe way to do it is to use a man lift. How like high is it? Sun belts. Oh, it's about two and a half stories high. Oh, okay. So it's not as high as I was thinking then. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. But, you know, w- trying to do that work off of a man lift, uh-huh. it, it, it's it's tricky because they need a, a platform to work off of to have material there plus themselves. Uh, a man lift becomes tricky just because of the, sh- the limitation of the, the area that they have that they can work off of. Okay. Uh and then they start looking at it and probably say, oh, we're going to have to charge so much that they're embarrassed to even give you a price. But that doesn't negate the fact that it's got to be done. So uh, as far as a stucco contractor, you're going to end up – your commercial guys aren't going to want to do it. Your residential guys, it's going to be too much job. You're, you're going to be looking for the guy who's in between. But just plain finding a stucco contractor uh, – I'm going to give you somebody to call. Okay. I, th- I think we'll know one that can refer it to you. Okay. Uh, his name is Frank Shelton. All right. And it's Shelton Construction. Okay. His number is 817-423-7302. 423-7302. Yeah, now he himself won't be able to do it, you know, just because of where you're at. But uh, if anybody's going to know a stucco contractor, he's going to know it because he, he does a lot of different building techniques. And uh, he's also got a You Build It franchise that uh, services the area. And so he knows all these different contractors. And he'd be the one I'd be calling to check on. Okay. Shelton Construction, Mr. Yep. Frank. Frank Shelton, yep. I certainly appreciate your time. Have a good day. You as well. Thank you, sir. Todd, how can I help you? Uh, afternoon, sir. Hey, um, I guess here's my question. The house is 25 years old, and I, where I live in East Texas is basically, a, a you know, we call it powder sand, real light, almost dusty sand. You know what I'm yep. saying? Yep. All right. About two feet down is when I hit clay. Well, about seven years ago, I pulled up all the hedges around the house, and the dirt line was probably, oh, seven to eight inches, ten inches in spots below the brick line, okay? Well, at that point, I started noticing, well, about a year after that, I started, you know, we started getting some bad movement in the house, this and that. And... uh, 
So what I done is I hauled in some good dirt and I got it up to about three inches below the brick line, put in some sod, and what was taking place has pretty much seemed to stop, okay? Nope, the cracks haven't gotten bigger. Nothing seemed to have moved anymore. On the south side, I had bad movement, like in the garage door and the, the brick. On the north side, in the windows, blah, blah. But anyhow, um, I've always I've always heard and figured that if I go up in the attic and I look at the king rafter and the other rafters, if the joints are pulling away, I've got slab foundation issues. If not, it's basically just settling issues. Okay. So we got another outfit out there to look at the foundation. They said, yeah, you got foundation issues. You got to have 18 piers. On and on they went. Well, I kind of, on account of the cost, I kind of backed off, and that's when I hauled the dirt in and the sod. Haven't seen any more movement. So I guess my question is, yeah, but say hypothetically there was foundation problems. I hauled that dirt in. If I if I caught it right, will that foundation kind of stabilize, or will it continue to get worse? And is there a way? other than like the king rafters to see if I've got foundation issues before I call somebody else out again to drill piers. Sure. The truth of the matter is foundation problems and settlement are one and the same. That is what causes, what that is what foundation problems are, is when the settlement just gets so bad that it's got to be addressed. Now, chances are what you did when you put that sod in is you started watering that every day to keep that sod going and getting it growing, didn't you? Yes, sir. That's what solved your problem. When our soils dry out, they shrink. And that doesn't matter if it's a black gumbo clay soil or the red clay soil. When it dries out, it shrinks. When it gets wet, it expands again. And that's the reason we water foundations and give it just a little bit of water every day because then it starts soaking into that clay and it starts it to expand. But at the very worst, it keeps the problem from getting worse. And that's exactly what you did when you put that sod in. You started watering to keep the grass good and that helped your foundation problem. And that tells me that if you would simply put a, a soaker hose around the house or drip irrigation around the house and keep it watered, you have solved your problem and you could probably okay. put off having to have any type of underpinning work done for years and years uh, but I will tell you if you get trees that are too close they start taking more moisture than you can put into the soil that's when you got to look at root barriers in order to keep the moisture content uh, high in the soil around the foundation and keep it expanded I got it I got you Okay. Okay. Well, great. That's good news. Oh, <laughs> That's good, all right. Good news. Hey, sir, I appreciate your time. Have a, have a great day. You all take right. care. And really, that is the cause of foundation problems. You know, a lot of times people will start thinking that, that uh, oh, well, that's just normal settlement. Normal settlement is foundation movement. It's when it gets severe enough that it has to be addressed. Uh, and as far as, you know, looking up at the rafters and all that kind of stuff uh, typically if you're looking at, for foundation movement look at the freeze boards that's the boards that hang over the brick corners uh, if that's 
spread apart, yeah, you've had some movement. The gaps along window uh, frames outside between the brick and the uh, siding, th or, or uh, window casing, rather. Uh, all these different places, that's the signs that you're getting movement of the foundation. And so that's when you want to make sure you start addressing it. The longer you wait, the worse it gets, and then the watering won't fix the problem. Mike, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Hey, Jim, thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, I've got a, uh, discovered a leak in my air conditioning condensate pipe uh, yesterday that's inside my uh, an interior wall. Uh, it's, a, it's a pinhole leak that has caused my hardwood floors to start cupping underneath that wall. Um, I've o opened up the wall and found the kind of a two-part question. I found the pinhole. Um, it's about five feet off the ground and can't figure out how it got there other than there's a nail hole behind it, but no nail. So I'm guessing that it was done at some point when the house was constructed. Yep. But I'm now faced with trying to get sheetrock, uh, some trim work, uh, and some uh, hand-scraped hardwood floors replaced. And I don't know what, what contractor or what type of contractor to even start looking for. Well, uh, did you call your insurance company? I haven't done that yet. Um, I, I, I have a, a family member that's in the insurance business. I called him first because I was leery of, of opening up a can of worms with water damage. Um, right. And I was told that it doesn't, it's obviously not a flood claim. And he said it may not be a um, even an insurance claim because it wasn't an accidental or sudden occurrence of the damage. And I'm so so one I'm faced with possi the possibility, and I'm just going down this avenue of of fixing having it fixed myself and not filing a claim. Right. Or two, another thing he mentioned was um, it's a, it's a newer home. It's about four years old. He said there there could be something called construction default. Uh, because it defect, yeah, dark def defect. Excuse me. Um, and I, I don't know what the rule is or what the law is in Texas. Um, the the place where the nail hole is, where the where the and it lines up exactly with the hole in the pipe. Uh, the bathroom mirror is on the other side of that wall, and it's obviously I, I I can't put a nail through a mirror, so it had to had to have happened during construction. Right. Um, do I have any one? Do I have any recourse there or two? If not. Where, what's the best avenue? <laughs> well, because it is a uh, construction defect, more than likely, uh, you know, it's something that happened during the building of it. Um, yes, you actually do have a claim. Normally, and I'm not an attorney, but normally in Texas, you have two years from the time that the problem is discovered. Now, because okay. this house is so new, uh, I actually would probably do two things one i would contact the builder and see if they're gonna take care of this uh if if they give you any pushback and say no we're not going to take care of it because it's past the two years clause and all this kind of stuff then i actually would file a claim with my insurance company because i see these type of claims covered all the time because it was an accidental thing it wasn't like you had any way of knowing it was there it's not a maintenance issue on on your part uh, but what will happen is your insurance company will segregate back against the builder then because okay. because of the fact that it is a, a 
a defect in construction. Uh, in the meantime, obviously the leak needs to be fixed. Has that been done? Uh, as of yesterday afternoon, I wrapped it with duct tape. It's, it's not under pressure, uh, and I'm, I'm going to take care of it today, but uh, it's it temporarily fixed, yes. <laughs> okay. Since it is a copper pipe, a quick and easy it, fix is... It's, it's PVC. Oh, it's, it's PVC. PVC. Oh, my gosh. Just get a clip. Even easier. Yeah, clip it, put a coupler in there, and be done with it. Have that fixed. But you need to make sure it's all documented before you do that. And as far as somebody who can uh, help you fix it, you're in Rockwall, talk to the folks over at DFW Improved. And I okay. believe that they service your area and can help you out. Okay. All right. I'll give them a ring on Monday. All righty. You take care. Thank you very much. Jack, welcome to WBAP. How can I help you? Uh, Jim, thank you for your time. A couple of weeks ago or three or so, an individual called in and you were discussing uh, uh, soaker hoses and uh, how far from the house and how yeah. often for how long a period of time uh, should they be on. And I've, I've missed part of that conversation. Okay. Please. Sure. You want the soaker hoses to be 12 to 18 inches away from the foundation. Uh, you want to put them anywhere from 2 to 8 inches deep because when they're buried, uh, you don't lose as much to evaporation. When they're on the surface, it'll still help. It still works, but you lose about 20% of your water to evaporation. And then run it twice a day. I tell people to start it 15 minutes twice a day. Uh, and make sure you put a pressure reducer on there. If you put the soaker hose uh, with the regular city pressure that runs between 50 and 80 PSI, you're going to get a lot of water at the beginning of the hose, nothing hardly at the end of the hose. The pressure reducer, drop it down to 15 to 20 PSI, will balance it out where you get even water dispersal. And let's be real, you're not going to go out and turn it on and off twice a day. Put it on a timer. And that'll take care of your foundation and do a great job for you. And if you go to THIPro.com, not only do we have instructions, but we got a video there to help you with that as well. Thanks for joining us for the super podcast of Texas Home Improvement. Jim has lots more on YouTube, on the TV show, and at THIPro.com. Have a good one. We'll see you next time.